Hooray! School o'clock is here. Is here. Is here. If you're happy, 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 clap your hands. On Futa Radio 93.1 FM. Are you a pupil or a student? And you want to showcase your talent, learn about career choices, and make new discoveries? Or are you an education stakeholder who wants to tell us of your contribution to education? Place yourself on the map and get yourself heard. Then School O'Clock is for you. Join us every Saturday from 9.30 a.m. till 10 a.m. on Futa Radio for exciting episodes that will thrill, educate, and enlighten you. School O'Clock, shaping tomorrow's people. everyone this is school o'clock on futa radio 93.1 fm yay this is a splendid day to be on the show and yes i hope the program meets you in high spirits it's always a lovely time hanging out with every one of you virtually and i hope that you'll get to learn and enjoy every wonderful thing that we have prepared for you today my name is chidi okwade aka auntie chi your regular host on the show and it's a pleasure to say welcome to today's edition of school o'clock okay so stick back and enjoy all the wonderful things that we have for you yep this is school o'clock on futa radio 93 Point one FM, and today I am being joined online by Barista Gloria Ballison. She is principal partner, Mively Girls, and CEO House of Justice. She really does a lot of work, but in the course of our discussion, you are going to hear and understand how young Nigerians are contributing what they can to the growth of our dear nation. You are welcome to School O'Clock. Thank you for the privilege of joining me in this discussion, Chidema. Thank you so much. And I may add that I went to school uh, with Gloria. I went to the same secondary school. And yes, she is someone we all are always very proud of. Okay, so let's start. Um, what is social enterprise? Well, uh, social enterprise is, is something that has always happened. But um, I think it's becoming a new concept that is out on the field now in terms of the discussion on what should happen when people conduct businesses. So uh, essentially, social enterprise is the kind of work in which uh, people, uh, you know, uh, attend first to people's needs as a business model before they make profit. So it's really about solving the problems before uh, the issue of, um, of profit kicks in. It may sound similar to non-governmental organizations, but it, the difference is that in social enterprise, the person winds up uh, with profit at the end of the day. It's like a win-win situation for the person who is receiving the service and the service provider who is into business. NGOs is not basically NGOs. If you ask me, I believe that social enterprise is what businesses should be doing. Okay. That the profit should be a consequence of the problems that have been solved. Uh, and so th- that really sh- essentially should be what business should be about, not people ripping off others just because they want to increase their profit margins. And those who are receiving these services wind up sometimes with nothing, and yet they would have been uh, skimmed off their own money. 
you very much. Now, why should youths particularly go into um, social enterprise? Are there reasons, you know, why youths can go into um, social enterprise? You want to think about the types of social enterprises for people, you know, for the just for the academic sense of it. Some people will say, oh, it's a non-profit entrepreneurship. Some will say it's a non-profit, that it's a socially responsible business, or that you give one, get one, or that it's an awareness brand, or uh, everything else that, you know, entails satisfying people before profit. But... At the end of the day, this is not a question just for young people. But uh, putting it in context, we need to grow a generation of people who are not obsessed about business at the expense of our collective humanity. And I think it's a good thing that you have asked the question, especially at the background of the hush poppy scandal and the imaging that Nigerians have abroad about us wanting to make quick money at the expense of people. So Nigeria is in the bad books for internet fraud, uh, what we joke and say, yahoo, yahoo, but which is a serious indictment. Again, when people go to require service, you, and this is not just even basic businesses, even life-threatening situations like in the hospitals, so you can go to a hospital and you would find that somebody is trying to rip you off of money. Uh, they would say, oh, you need to do this kind of procedure, which may not be necessary and which at the end of the day could complicate the life of the patient. But because uh, maybe the service provider is thinking more about profits rather than how that affects other people, it becomes problematic. Or maybe where you go to a kidney center and there are more, they will say, oh, there's no need for um, a matching donor to be found. They will just take any kidney, put it there, suppress the immunity, and then ensure that, okay, you know, they get their money. Uh, or even in the legal profession, you know, cases come to the, to the lawyer, and instead of you to advise your clients properly about what should be the way to go, you think about your profit, and at the end of the day, you complicate the case for uh, the, the client. So, so essentially, why everybody should be involved in social enterprise is that at the end of the day, what is money? if we cannot put our humanity in focus. And the good thing about social enterprises, at the end of the day, you wind up with profit and the other person winds up with uh, his problem being solved. So it becomes a win-win. Thank you very much for that insight. Um, thank you so much. Now, a little bit about you. Yes, a bit about you. You run House of Justice. Now, what is House of Justice all about? So House of Justice is a law center that has six units. It has the law firm, which is the MIB Legals. Uh, it has the Muluma Medical Legal Center that deals with medical negligence and mass atrocities. So mass atrocities like mass killings in Nigeria, so accountability for mass killings. Uh, and then there is the media unit where we are in the papers and we have uh, a studio. And then uh, you also have the crime prevention and counseling center where we try to prevent crime and also try to reduce the divorce rate. So there you have uh, counselors, you have psychologists, you have psychiatrists who are working alongside with crime prevention lawyers under that unit. So basically that is what House of Justice is about and I am happy to say that we work with a, a great team of people who understand what the vision is, uh, the need for excellence in service delivery for people's needs to be addressed 
and also very importantly to prevent crime. And sometimes what this takes us to is to work with institutions to try to see how crime can be prevented because once the crime has happened, even when the person who does the crime does the time, it still doesn't change the fact that an entire system has been upset, that somebody may have been affected in such a way that is not repairable. So, for instance, at the moment, um, House of Justice designed a course for the uh, master's school in the Nigerian Defense Academy, and the course is Police Behavior and Control Measures. And there we work with the students to try to see what can be done, uh, you know, to prevent crime. So, in the last year, what they did was to do a documentary about policing the police and they went to the National Assembly to submit proposal because as a person who lectures them, my thought is there's no need for you to gather all the papers and yet we're not solving the problems of the country. So it's important that, you know, we are channeling whatever thing we are doing to solving problems. And I'm very happy to say that there is a mind shift for these students and they're realizing that it's not just about owning another certificate to help you move forward in your career, but that as citizens, we must be invested enough to solve the problems. One of my popular catch lines is, if people create problems, then people must solve problems. Now, I know this is old, but I just want us to talk a bit about the Nelson Mandela um, Fellowship. Now, how did you qualify for this fellowship? Well, the United States Embassy, the U.S. Embassy, always Mm -hmm. puts this out. It's an African program that was designed by President Barack Obama. And the fellowship is to ensure that uh, the best young professionals in Africa are able to converge in the United States to share ideas, to do a peer collaboration with people over there, and also, you know, to help the country. It's interesting how people think that uh, maybe our job is to always receive from uh, international organizations or the first world countries. But my own experience going there, I was very clear about the fact that I have something to offer it's not that the U.S. is going to give me anything anyway. So the process is usually designed by the U.S. Embassy and then your work will be better based on what you have done and the quality of your work and the problems that you are solving. And then those who qualify will be sent to the U.S. and they'll be placed in different uh, Ivy League institutions across the United States and they will study for about five weeks, six weeks exchanging ideas and uh, interacting with the American public and then after that they return to their countries to see how they can add value to their own countries based on the exchange of ideas that they have had with other people elsewhere. So there are many things that happen in the Mandela Washington Fellowship but at the end of the day one thing comes out clear that people realize that we have a common humanity and our problems are not very different as well as uh, the solutions are not very different from place to place. So it's, it's a real and a true global community and a global world. Now, so many people do not believe in this entity called Nigeria, but for the few people who believe, is there any possibility that Nigeria can get better? And then, how can each one of us, especially the youth, contribute towards making this country work better? Possibly maybe in, in, the, in the next decade, because nobody's looking at the immediate possibility of that happening, but how can we all try in our own way to make sure that this entity does not collapse? Growing up in a family that you're not very happy about how it's being run or what's happening in there. 
But again, you don't have any option except that family. So even if somebody else adopts you in another family, it still doesn't change the fact that in your veins, what you have is the bloodline of that family. And that's just for us to understand how Nigeria works. You know, whether you have a dual citizenship or citizenship of more than two, three countries, if you are a Nigerian, you are a Nigerian. And the problem with Nigeria is not the geographical location. The problem with Nigeria is the crop of leadership and the ideologies that drive us. Earlier on, I was talking about hush puppy. And if you go on the internet, you'll see the number of high-profile individuals who hung out with hush puppy. And at that time, he was projected to be like the be-all and end-all. Uh, as though if you don't have that level of wealth and that level of affluence, you don't belong. But now that the United States has called the guy up for fraud and all that he has done, people are then beginning to distance themselves from him. But that's only because the United States has profiled him as a criminal. Uh, again, if you stretch that with Abakari, the super cop, it was that we had a super cop and people felt so proud to say, oh, this is the guy. But nobody was asking the question, how can a deputy commissioner of police acquire that kind of wealth in a country like Nigeria, where sometimes the inspector general or the deputy inspector general or the assistant inspector general may not, who is working by the book, may not even have half of that kind of wealth. So, but nobody wants to ask the, the hard question. And in Nigeria, because we're not asking the hard question, because we are not insisting on standards, because we are not holding leaders to account, we are now where we are. Uh, so people should not be despondent. And now we are having a failure of leadership, no thanks to, to Buhari. But it's not because the structure of Nigeria is calibrated to fail. No, it's because Buhari himself does not care about the country. So leadership defines everything that happens. It sets the tone about how a country is being run. And you see the number of people who are leaving the country even now because there seems to be no hope yeah. for a better country. Uh, you, it's shown by the number of people who are dying every day. Before now, our problem was corruption. It's not that corruption has gone away. Corruption has become worse. But we have an even worse problem, which is the problem of survival. You don't even know if when you go out, you're going to return back. And it's not because you have committed any crime or you have done anything that makes you being profiled as someone who will be the next victim of death. But because you're in a country where the leadership do not care about the followers and they do not even care about the country. So people should not be discouraged. Everyone has a role to play. If we all do what is required in our little corners, it is in those little contributions that it will pull up to have the kind of country that we desire. No country comes together by happenstance. It is people who are dedicated to making it work that ensure that, you know, that country works. And the last example I want to give just for this question is... Right now, we have a number of people who are coming out and saying that they are repentant Boko Haram, holding placards of words that you know that they could not have been the ones to have written it. And these are questions that we need to ask. How come there is now a mass pool of people coming out and denouncing terrorism? What did the government do differently? And how is it that people are now calling that the government is branding them as repentant Boko Haram, but the government will go after his Sunday Boho or will go after an and hold them responsible for what they call crimes. 
those are the hard questions that we do not, you know, stay dedicated to asking. And so long as we don't ask questions, we will never find the answers. And this is the much we can take on the interview segment on School O'Clock. Okay, so we continue next week with the rest of the interview. So join us again same time next week so that you can get the concluding part of that interview. Thank you. To me, where the wild things are is a place that exists in our minds. It's a place of liberty and shamelessness. It can take a split second or a lifetime to find it, but once you do, you'll be free. language segment and to today man is standing by to teach us how to speak right and how to write right so stay tuned and learn 
how to do things better. Hello guys, welcome to the Mind Your Language segment on School O'Clock right here on Futa Radio 93.1 FM. This is where we help you get better in your spoken English. We treat many words right here. And last week we treated the word spelled W-A-L-K-I-N-G. The word is pronounced walking, 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 not working. And then we talked about T-A-S-K alongside T-A-X, which is task and tax. Many people interchange them. The T-A-S-K is task and the T-A-X is tax. Some people would say T-A-S-K is tax and T-A-X is tax, which is really confusing and rather confusing for, you know, many people. Now, straight to it right now, the word we have for today, or the words, one of the first words we have for today is spelt Y-A-T-C-H. Y-A-T-C-H. Now, this word is maybe not commonly used, but then you would hear many people mispronounce it when it is used. The word is pronounced as yat. Yat, not yach. I mean, for the major part of my primary school, I would have called this word yach, but it is yat. And um, the next word we have for today is T-H-A-N-K. T-H-A-N-K. Well, you could add Y-O-U to that. T-H-A-N-K-Y-O-U. It is thank you, not thank you. It is thank and then you accompanied with it. And um, the next word we have for today, the third word is spelled H-E-R-O-I-N-E. H-E-R-O-I-N-E. The word is pronounced heroin, not heroin. I mean, many people would say heroin, but it's heroin. Now, the next word is spelled F-A-V-O-U-R-I-T-E. F-A-V-O-U-R-I-T-E. That word is pronounced favorite. Favorite. If you hear anybody saying, um, is my favorite, well, you could, you could try to tell the person that it is favorite. But like I say, just correct the person in a very subtle way so that you wouldn't get a, you know, a diss, a punch or something. But just make sure you try to correct the person in a subtle way. Now, the last word for today is... Well, many football lovers would probably know this. Some would not know this. This really resonates with some football fans. Many football fans, actually. The word is spelled J-U-V-E-N-T-U-S. J-U-V-E-N-T-U-S. It is not Juventus, please. It is Juventus. Again, it is Juventus, not Juventus. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Mind Your Language segment on School O'Clock right here on Footer Radio 93.1 FM. This has been your tutor, Damien, taking you on this beautiful ride. Take care and bye-bye. And on that note, we come to the end of today's edition of the program. But before I go, I want to leave you with this quote. I want to leave you with this quote by Jack Canfield. And he says, spend 80% of your time focusing on the opportunities of tomorrow rather than the problems of yesterday. 
Spend 80% of your time focusing on the opportunities of tomorrow rather than the problems of yesterday. I have a friend that always says there is no future in the past. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's really like many of us like to focus on everything we've lost, opportunities we've lost, friends we've lost, people we've lost. And we spend, we're fixated on the past. And really, when you're fixated on the past, you really can't move forward. So, Spend 80% of your time focusing on the opportunities of tomorrow rather than the problems of yesterday. Yesterday is gone. Today is a gift. That's why it's called present. Yay. I like that. Okay. So on that note, I want to say thank, I want to say thank you to my executive producer, Debbie Rodibanjo, and the entire production crew. Thank you to Yomi Goiga. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you to Damian. Thank you, Deborah, and everyone working tirelessly behind the scenes to put the show on the road week in and week out. Thank you for every wonderful thing that you do. And of course, the biggest thank you goes to you, my darling listener. Thank you for your calls, your feedback, everything that you do to encourage us to do better. Like I always like to say, we're here because you are there. So thank you for all that you do. And till I come your way same time next week, I remain Chidi Okwande. And I want to say, stay safe, stay strong, and above all, stay blessed. Bye!